Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another edition of the wrap up the Raptors Republic post game show live on YouTube and on the podcast network after every Raptors game. Uh, yes, I'm alone. I'm Oren Weisfeld today. This show is produced by Keon Haddad, who might join us if he feels up to it. Um, the other co-hosts are busy today, but fear not because tomorrow I already have a special guest booked. So. It will not just be my ugly face tomorrow. Don't even worry about that. And anyways, honestly, not a lot of people are going to watch this because the Raptors just got absolutely blown out by the Oklahoma City Thunder. The score is 132-112 as I record. The game hasn't even ended, but I thought I'd get a head start to this uh, because what's the point of watching the end of the game when it's just garbage time and nobody cares about anything? So OKC blew the doors out of the Raptors tonight. From the get-go, from the opening quarter, scored 70 points in the first half of the game. Ended the game with, like I said, 132 against the Raptors defense that is supposed to be really good. And an Oklahoma City Thunder offense that came into the game ranked 26th in the league. So basically they just have Shea Gilgis-Alexander and a bunch of players around him who can't really shoot or finish. And somehow they put up 132 points on the Toronto Raptors. So... I'm going to rant a little bit about the game. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, drop them in the chat and I will get to those uh, later in the show for sure because I'm going to run out of things to say before before long. So questions in the chat. Podcast listeners, I didn't forget about you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, so yeah, I think like the main thing I just want to talk about in this game, right? I'll pull up the box score here real quick. Um. Boucher with 20 and 12. Him and Fred were really the only two Raptors that gave a consistent effort throughout the night and were actually good. Like OG gave an effort, but he just couldn't hit shots tonight. Um, Barnes gave an effort for about a five-minute stretch. I'll talk a little bit more about Scotty later. And yeah, those were really the only two. Bench didn't bring it. Flynn and Banton maybe had the worst game. And then, wow, just a really even scoring effort from the Thunder with like eight guys in the double digits from the Thunder tonight. So that was how the game went. But let's let's look at the team stats because what I want to talk about is like online, everyone is talking about how the Raptors need to give more effort, right? That's what you always hear. The Raptors need to be a harder working team. They need to execute better. I feel like that's kind of become the go-to excuse whenever the Raptors lose a game is people just say oh sorry people just say like oh the Raptors didn't didn't give enough effort or they didn't execute or they're too young and that's why they lost and I I really think like if we break this down game down a bit further yeah the Raptors need to play harder for sure and yeah they need to execute better for sure but like there are fundamental 
flaws on this roster and in the schemes, um, specifically with Siakam and Precious out, that you just can't hole over with effort, I don't think. Or what's the saying? Plaster over with effort. Uh, and so, like, look at the rebounds. They got out-rebounded 44 to 39. OKC had 15 offensive rebounds. Siakam's your number one rebounder this season, and Precious is probably your best rebounder if you were to get the minutes. So, yeah, of course the Raptors are going to get out-rebounded. There's no amount of effort that can all of a sudden make them be a good rebounding team with two of these key guys out. And then, like, and then you look at fast break points, 17 to 8 for OKC, despite Toronto having 13 steals. And I wrote about this at the time of Siakam's injury is like their whole transition offense depends on Siakam. He's almost always the guy either getting the rebound or making the decision in transition, uh, whether it's finishing or passing out of out of a drive. So, of course, your transition offense is going to be a whole lot worse without Siakam. And same with everything that you're going to get to the line less without Siakam. You're going to get less open threes without Siakam because he creates so many of those good looks for them. So I just wanted to like say that the excuse every time the Raptors lose can't just be they need to play harder. They need to be more focused. All that stuff is true, of course. But at at a certain point, I think we're going to have to look at this roster and say without Siakam for the next two weeks or whatever, we might have to adjust our expectations a little bit. Um, because decent to good teams, and OKC is decent this year, um, are just going to have a baked-in advantage going into them. Because, and this is this is what I wrote about. It's like it's not just that you lose a guy who gives you whatever twenty-five, eight, and eight a night. It's that you lose the guy who your whole team is built around from training camp, even going back to the summers, training camp, preseason. They built the whole scheme around Siakam. And so it's not as easy as just like Fred stepping into that role. Fred's been great since Siakam's gone down, but there's no way that the Raptors can adjust on the fly and just all of a sudden play it a different way that mitigates that loss because they built the whole system around him. And so I really think they're in for a, a troubling road these next couple of weeks. Like I'm really worried about what it's going to look like without him because yeah, there's going to be games, and I expect tomorrow will be one of them, where they bounce back with the effort and the energy, and they play better in that regard. But those holes that I talked about, whether it's the rebounding, whether it's the fast break points, whether it's not creating good looks in the half court and settling for a lot of really mediocre shots, I think all of that stuff is just so dependent on Siakam. And until he comes back, I really don't see it surviving or or any of that stuff uh, bouncing back to the levels we saw before the injury. So that's my rant. Keon, do you have anything to add? Do you want to come in here and add anything, or are you good? I mean, it's just one of those losses, you know. Like, every year I feel like the Raptors always, every time they go up against a team that they should beat, their favorite to beat, it's these random players that will go off for them. Like, today – I don't know who this guy is. I've never heard of him. Uh, Eugene. Oh, yeah. have you have you ever heard of him? He averages four points. I have only because he has Canadian ties. So that's the Does only he? reason I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He went to Orangeville Prep uh, with Jamal I mean, Murray, I think. 
I mean, do you know his stat line today? 22 points, 8 of 10 from the field, and 5 for 6 from 3. I mean, Game of his life. I don't know how many Game more times he's doing that. No, <laughs> he's not doing sure. that many more times. Yeah. So, I think, no. I think they'll be fine in the long run. But, obviously, this was a tough one to watch. Yeah, I, I feel like some part of the reason, though, that role players always go off against them is that their scheme is so, like, depend. it so prioritizes kind of getting the ball out of Shea's hands or, or whatever the opposing superstar's hands is, that they'll kind of live with a role player getting a bunch of open looks from three. And that's why I feel like there's always, like, a guy against the Raptors who, especially when they don't really play good defense, it's never the superstar going off for 50 against them. It's always the role player going off for, like, 22 who you've never heard of. Um, exactly. So, so you're not that worried. Player. Yeah. But are you not that worried about the, the next two weeks without Siakam? Do you think that they're they're going to play a lot better than this and just, like, kind of tread, tread water these next couple I, weeks? I, yeah, I think they can tread water. I don't think this is something that we should expect without Siakam and – Hopefully he's not out long because obviously we're not the team that we want to be without him. He's very important, but we need him back. But I think, I mean, OG still looked great tonight. I mean, on defense, he was flying to the rim all game. Um, obviously, Scotty got a, a lot of Scotty hate in the first half. He was pretty bad, but he turned it up in the second half. I think we'll be fine. I think we have the players to tread water without him. And that was the whole thing in the offseason was depth that we brought in depth. Right. And this is where the depth is tested. It has to be tested now. Down Precious, down Siakam. It's needed. And I think the moves we made in the offseason were made for times like this. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And we should talk about the depth because I think Thad, I thought, was really good in the first half. I was pretty confused why he got froze out of the second half rotation. Otto has been pretty consistent. Um, but then there's also guys like, Delano and Malachi who just aren't really getting better quickly enough as the Raptors need them to like Delano in the first half couldn't dribble the ball he turned the ball over twice got a quick yank Malachi came in made two defensive mistakes the first one I forget what happened the the first one the second one though like his guy cut and and he didn't tag the cutter and Mm -hmm. uh, he just got a layup and then Nick pulled him, too. So the backup point guard situation is really bad, which is actually why, and I never thought I would actually be saying this, but Jeff Doughton, um, he deserves a shot. He honestly deserves a shot to play on the Raptors because these guys, Banton has really like lost his confidence that he kind of had coming into the year. He doesn't even look at the rim anymore. Malachi just makes a couple of defensive mistakes every game, and then Nick pulls him, so you can't even really see what you have there. And they need a ball handler with Siakam out. Like, it's that simple. I don't know if they need to make, like, a bit of a panic trade here. But I tweeted this. They had, with with Malachi not trusted and Banton not able to dribble, Fred is your only reliable ball handler. Like, you have one guy who can take the ball and dribble it across half court with Siakam out. And that's just, like, that's not a sustainable way to play. So what do you think about Jeff Dowden? Oh, Je- Jeff Dowden, I mean... He's been a two-way player, right? He's in the G League. I don't, I don't yep. pay attention to the G League. How's he been doing? <laughs> he hit a big three tonight uh, with, mm-hmm. like, two minutes left. I I haven't watched a lot of G League, but I did really like what I saw from him in preseason, though, with the Raptors. 
Yeah, I, I think he's he's a guy who just kind of controls the game, and he's not going to make mistakes at, at the very least. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. We talked uh, about it in the preseason. What do you shows, think about one like backup? Like, whoa. I, yeah. Sorry, sorry. What, what'd you say? No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was talking about the backup point guards. I mean, all off season, I want to sign someone. I mean. Relying on one of Flynn or Banton to step up after what we saw last year in limited minutes, I didn't think any of them were really consistent options. I wanted us to bring back DeLon Wright. I felt he would mm-hmm. be a perfect player for this team. I know the Raptors tried to bring some type of ball handler. They tried Malcolm Brogdon. They tried Dennis Schroeder. Neither of them worked. And so they were kind of stuck with Flynn and Banton. I wanted just any like reliable backup point guard that was available they couldn't do that. And, I mean, obviously now Fred is the only reliable ball handler with Siakam out, and it's a major, major issue. And if, if Dalton can come in and do anything better than Banton tonight, because Trey Mann had Banton in hell tonight, couldn't even get past half court. It was pretty embarrassing for a, a point guard in the NBA. So I think a panic yeah. trade just for any point guard is needed. Yeah, like get a couple second-round picks get a backup point guard in here because otherwise me personally, I'm pretty afraid of what can happen with these next two weeks without Siakam and Precious in the lineup. I think the Raptors, everyone seems to think they will tread water because that's kind of what the Raptors always do is they always figure out ways to win games, even when they're at a talent deficit. But I don't know. I think the margins in this league are so small. You saw that against a team like OKC where everyone thinks OKC is bad. They're rebuilding. No, they have a lot of talent, and as soon if you lose your best player and you go into OKC, that is not a guaranteed win. In fact, it can be a 30-point loss. So the margins are small, and I, I think everything was just built around Siakam, and I think they're going to need to fill, give Doughton a chance, but if he also doesn't work out, then maybe make that, that kind of panicky trade and just get a, a stop holder in for the Raptors. And I think... This is the last thing I wanted to touch on, and it's a good way to transition. A lot of people thought Barnes could kind of be that guy, that backup point guard. Um, And he's been pretty disappointing, I think, this season. But part of that disappointment just comes from people's expectations being too high for him going into the season. But you saw this game. It was a perfect example of everyone yelling in the first half, like Scotty has to be more aggressive. He has to go into the paint. He has to get to the rim. And then he started doing that in the third quarter. Like he was just taking Josh Giddy inside every time and getting either fouled or getting really close to the basket for a little, a little floater. And I'm really like confused about Scotty because on one hand, sure. Like, it's really easy to sit here as an analyst or a fan and be like, he just needs to do that every time. On the other hand, to ask a guy for 35 minutes a night to every single time he touches the ball, take it into the post and draw contact, be really physical and do all that because that's really the only way he can have success offensively right now. I just think it's asking too much of, of Scotty. I don't think, he wants to play that way based on what we're seeing. Cause he'll only really do it when he has to, or he's been yelled at to. So that's kind of where I'm at with Scotty. Like until he develops more of a package, whether it's a jump shot or 
a dribble package so he can get by people until he does some of that stuff. I just don't think you can ask him to go to the post every single possession. And therefore you kind of have to have lower expectations of, of what he's going to bring you every night. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And the other thing with Scotty trying to be that physical every game is as like comments have been saying, he like, a lot of the times he's coming up holding his knee. He was holding his knee today. He was holding his ankle. He was holding his hand. I don't know if you caught that. I mean, it's taking a toll on him. He doesn't look 100% to me. And you can't ask him to go 35 minutes of just in the paint, in the paint, you know. And that's not like – if you can't just limit him to that because he does so many things just great. And, I mean, obviously in an ideal world you want him to be – the the second guy to Fred to handle the ball and to help him um, take some duties off. And we've all been talking about Fred off ball and Scotty at point guard and what that can open up. But, I mean, eventually you need someone with experience, a veteran point guard with experience who can get the best out of Scotty as well and, and not just, you know, force him to, like, handle the ball, go right at Giddy every time because that's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. He was in a pretty good spot, I think, when Siakam was there, where he was more of like the fourth option. And now that you need him to be the second or third option, you're really seeing the limitations of his game. And people are clearly getting mad about that. Like, it's funny how quickly Raptors fans have turned on him after how much they loved him last season. Um, But I don't think that's fair to turn on him. I just think our expectations are too high. And for the role he's in, it's too big of a role. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with Scotty. I just don't think it's realistic to just demand him to be more assertive and aggressive because that is just asking too much of, of a 20 year old who ultimately doesn't like he views himself in as, as a point guard and he doesn't want to go to the paint every, like I won't either. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to the paint every position and post up a guy either. Uh, it's hard. It's a human you know, this is a human game. It's easy to say things from here. It's a lot harder to actually expect people to do things like this. So, yeah. Uh, questions before we get out of here. Do you see any questions? I feel like we just got, we literally just talked about this, um, Guru. But, yeah, I mean, give Doughton a chance. And if Doughton can't do it, then they probably need to get a backup point guard at the latest by the trade deadline, but probably the, the sooner the better. Um, it sucks watching Boston and seeing how good Malcolm Brogdon has been and knowing that the Raptors went off after him and just um, he would have been a great fit here. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's obvious. That's, that's tough for Brogdon. I mean, if I were him, I would pick the Celtics over the Raptors too. I don't hold anything against him for that. I don't think you can get booze like, like Goron does, uh, but <laughs> I mean, anyone would help. Yeah. Like, I brought I brought up the lawn right earlier. I mean, like someone like him would help. Obviously, they're not going to trade him. They just signed him. But like, you obviously need something because depth at the ball handling position at the one looks very scarce without uh, Siakam. Yeah, no, that's funny. Delon Wright was another guy I thought about this off season, um, and I feel like these players are not that hard to get in terms of like backup point guards. There's a lot around the league and two seconds like that kind of package you can get them historically for that kind of package um but the raptors are pretty committed to developing and if you do that 
you're basically limiting minutes for Delano and, and Malachi. And so I understand the hesitation to do that and try, trying to force feed them as many minutes as possible. Uh, but definitely at a certain point in the season, you're going to have to kind of give up. It's like the Golden State Warriors are in the same position where they're trying to play this bench of a bunch of youngsters and they're just losing their minutes so bad. And at a certain point, the front office is probably going to have to look at that and say, like, we need to make a trade here and get a veteran in the door because this isn't working. It's it's so hard to develop while winning. Um, so, yeah. Do our bench pieces have any real trade value? Or is it really just the picks people would be looking at? Well, bench pieces, like if you're including Boucher and Precious, those guys for sure have trade value. Um, but why would the Raptors want to trade them is kind of the question I would ask. Whereas guys like Thad and like Malachi and Delano, they definitely don't have any trade value. So... Um, yeah, I agree with you there. I don't see why they would ever trade like anyone on the bench. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Except unless you're trying to make a big move, I don't see it. Yeah, unless it's like a superstar move. But as of right now, like the Raptors have drafted a lot of guys recently, and I do think they're in a position where they can trade a future first round pick and like feel okay about it because they they're already developing so many young guys that bringing another gun in the door has diminishing returns. And so I feel like if the right guy, if the right kind of veteran presents itself at the trade deadline, I would not be like holding on to those first round picks necessarily in the future. Um, all right. Any more questions you see? Uh, I mean, is this one too early to even think about? Siakam to Supermax after just this loss change anything for you? No, the loss doesn't change anything, but like I would sign Siakam to a Supermax. I don't think it's that hard of a, of a thought. Like he's been really good this season. He's been a top 10 player. Um, and what's your alternative? Like if your alternative is he maybe leaves, this is how bad they could be if he leaves. <laughs> yep. So, well, this yeah. is a good question here also. Does developing and winning work? I think, like, to an extent. Because the Raptors definitely won last year and developed a lot of guys. Like, that was an extremely young team. No Thad, no Otto for half the season. It was all young guys. And they won 46 games. But, like, does developing and winning a championship work? I don't think so. Like, once you, like, set bigger goals, I think you need a... Yeah, I, I don't think uh, those two things really go hand in hand. I think you can win regular season games and develop. Like the Grizzlies are a good example of this, maybe even a playoff series. But at a certain point, you have to go one way or the other. And that's why like the Raptors are very clearly still developing. And that's why our expectations are probably out of whack here, uh, just in general this season. Because until they kind of show their hand that they're all about winning and and playing their vets more and, and all that, then yeah, they're, they're, they're developing, I think. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. If you are. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you all. Of oh, our, tax our, man. Tax, tax man. man. No tax yep. man? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I almost forgot. Do, do you want to pick our, our tax man? Tonight, do you I mean, have anyone? You can pick a Thunder player, by the way. 
Should we give it to Eugene? Yeah, we should because he has Canadian we'll ties. Eugene Emory. Okay. Emory. Emory. Twenty-two points, five of six from three. Maybe just played his way into the Thunder rotation, and we root for our Canadian guys. So, tax man of the night is Eugene Amarui. Visit canamtax.com or call the number at the top of your screen. Uh, because tax season is coming up pretty soon here, folks. And this is just the easiest, cleanest way to get money back from the government. Don't go to TurboTax. Don't try to do it yourself for free. It's not going to get you money back. Go to canamtax.com and then you'll be rich. All right. Again. And just one quick shout out. One quick shout out for the Raptors is um, yeah. Juancho today. Came off the bench. Um, three for four, nine points in 17 minutes. First game action yeah. in quite a while. I thought that needed to be brought up because he might be in the rotation going forward now. Yeah, I agree. He might have just played himself into a couple minutes next game. He he was really good. I thought it was weird that they put him on Shea with the boxing one because he's not really like a quick guy to follow around Shea. So I don't know. Maybe there's some trust there in, in his defense. That caught my eye. But, yeah, he was he got a lot of deflections, knocked down a couple threes. Wancho gets our second Can-Am tax man of the night. All right, so, yeah, tomorrow night, Raptors play the Pacers. We will be back here. Louis Zaitsman, Zatsman from Raptors Republic is going to join us. Um, so we're going to recap, hopefully, what is a much better game. Thank you to our podcast listeners for listening. On YouTube, like and subscribe. Podcast, give us a five-star review really helps us. Um, And yeah, again, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks.